Pelotero Pickle, episode 36. We've got an epic Dodgers-Padres series. CC Sabathia won seven inning baseball games. We got young studs in Major League Baseball. And how much would it take you to fight Jake Paul? Check it out. Pickle, 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 episode 36. It is Monday, April 19th. What a week of sports. We had a lot going on. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm going for close-ups today, guys. This is all we're doing. Hey! Just kidding. Nice hair. You won the hair contest last week, according to Twitter. Got a bun. Oh, yeah. Your hair was... I mean, your hair was pretty sloppy. Look at that. I can bun it. Your hair is normally way better than mine in a resting state. I can, I can bun it a little bit today. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm going for. but at age, at age, Yeah, it's like ninja. But at age 37, that ain't it anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I just got distracted by people looking at my car that's been severely damaged by hail, and now I'm sad again. I think you could... Just be a be a trendsetter, man. Drive a dimpled Tesla. I don't know. I'm just sad about it. Um, let's get let's get on the topic so we don't have to be distracted by that. Um, Padres Dodgers, outstanding playoff atmosphere baseball in April. Uh, it was just really fun games. Really competitive. Uh, did they? Was it a three game set? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So first two games were really close. Padres pulled out at the end yesterday. So all three games, hyper competitive, huge atmosphere. Uh, sounded like capacity crowd in San Diego. I don't know if that's because we're not used to hearing people in the stands, but uh, it was really fun. What were your biggest takeaways from the series? That Fernando Tatis was one for a billion with a homer. That was one. No, um, he just doesn't look like he's there yet where he needs to be. Let's put well, it he that came way. back. He came back from that shoulder injury on Friday night. So the yeah. And he had a homer that game. He's made seven errors already this year. Yeah. And I just saw something on Twitter. He made three and 58 last year. Uh, Jamie Merchant, Merch, had a comment on Facebook that said, mo mo money, mo errors. Yeah. It's funny. I don't, like, as soon as guys get paid, everybody just tries to be like, oh, are you worth that much? But it was funny when, uh, you know how I knew it was a big series? I got two texts from people in New England that on Friday night that asked me if I was watching Padres Dodgers and I said no I'm watching the challenge season 22 on Paramount Plus <laughs> and they're like it's getting electric and I was like yeah I guess I'll watch it so I put it on reluctantly and then I was kind of glad I did it with I mean the game ended up going to extra innings but the funny stuff was like uh when the Padres were coming up to bat in the I think it was the ninth to tie it when Hosmer got the base hit um, they had about $800 million coming up, Macha- Tatis, Machado, and then casually just slide in Jake Cronenworth and then, uh, uh, and then Eric Cosmer. That's $800 million of players. Um, so that was cool. Uh, no, but it was a really fun series. I think, uh, I think both teams are very aware of the fact that they're both good and that that's going to determine – Who's, who's going to win the NL West? And I think the Dodgers have just quietly, and maybe not quietly, loudly, um, won the division so many years in a row now that uh, 
maybe San Diego is getting a little tired of it and they're just uh, put their foot on the gas a little bit. Well, it got a little chippy. We had some the benches cleared. Um, I just think, yeah, the, the Padres are like the little brother that's like, I've had enough of this. It's time to time to fight. I grew up a little bit. I'm stronger now. Uh, they're ready to go. They're ready to fight. And um, they've got crazy pitching staffs on both sides. I think lineup-wise, the Dodgers are probably a little more consistent top to bottom. But pretty good, pretty good teams <laughs> up and down defensively they're just really good yeah I, I would say watching it it looked like I think I, I, the Dodgers have more um and maybe it's not even just talent it's just it looks like I don't know they have Mookie yeah they know how to beat him the catch he made to end the game was pretty silly how good it was I think it and yeah he had no business catching it if you go back and watch it and then even just the wherewithal to to make sure it stayed in his glove, put the bare hand over in the middle of a dive. That stuff's not easy to do. I think the diving plays in and of themselves are certainly not, you know, they're not uncommon in the big leagues, but um, <laughs> in that situation, and then like, casually like covering it up, it was like slow motion. I, it probably was because I watched it in slow motion that it looked like slow motion, but it looked like slow motion in fast motion too. The, the crazy thing about Mookie, and I don't know if this is just like a big league thing, it seems like he has so many opportunities to make outstanding plays. Like you you go like a whole high school season and never have a diving play. This guy, is it just because we see the highlights more often? that, Or is he just that athletic that he's getting to positions that most guys get to? I don't – It's he's always making unbelievable plays. I think it's a combination of both. But uh, our coach in, in – uh, one of our coaches in Worcester, good old Ed Gallagher, used to say uh, there are opportunities for greatness. You don't get them, you don't get them all that often. And uh, you take advantage of them when you can. He obviously is a really good athlete and has the capability of doing things that probably most people can't just based on first steps and, um, you know, his ability to move quick uh, through the outfield. But I think he's just a really, he's such a good athlete that he's going to end up getting himself in position to make more plays than, than most. And then he makes them. Like that's the weird part is he just makes all of them. Like I feel like he never misses a really good play. And now he, missed, uh, he missed a catch down the right field line. He was playing right. It was a foul ball that was slicing. He kind of like ran over, then in, then kind of over and in again. He got kind of lost on the warning track. Yeah. He didn't make the play. It was like when Tom Brady doesn't complete a fourth, uh, a fourth quarter drive. It's like wait, Mookie makes that play. Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass. It was weird. Yeah, he didn't catch the ball. I think his percentage of conversion of great plays is higher than most. That's probably why he makes more. I think I think everybody gets opportunities. And we live in the highlight era, so we only see highlights. Nobody sits down and watches a baseball game anymore. Come on. Uh, let's get into a nuanced play. Did, did you see the, the Profar check swing against Kershaw? Yeah. I thought that was the most BS call ever. And I'm curious what your thoughts on it are. I felt like the ball was in the mitt before he swung. So how is it catcher's interference if, like, he swung way too late for it to be interference? I was shocked that they went to replay and didn't make the ruling that I'm vouching for. Uh, it was just a weird play. I thought it was a terrible call. I think I need a better look at it. I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. because Did I didn't... you see the high speed from the, from the side? No, I didn't. His, his bat was, was, like, still back when the guy caught it. So he catches the ball, and then he whacks the glove. 
Like his bat, his bat was not in the zone. Like it, it, it was still like pointing like here when he was caught, and then it, he just, it, it was the deepest check swing. Now I got it. I just saw the high speed. <laughs> you were watching the highlight there. Yeah, what's happening? I thought the, the Matrix glitched. Yeah, no, 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 I was. Try- I didn't realize the audio was on on on, uh, on the Twitter video that I'm trying to watch. It was. It was on. Uh, yeah, and it was uh, it was John Boy too. So that I did, I don't know. I it looked pretty innocent to me. I didn't. You as a hitter that looked innocent. If that happened, if you're coaching against the uh, the Padres in that game, you're not freaking out as a manager. No, I like if, hitters. I hate pitchers. So yeah, but if you're if you're catching if you're coaching against that play, you're not raising. Uh, fuss You're not I, mean, gonna... I don't think like all right so i'm gonna I'm come at it from a different point of view i face kershaw first of all his, okay. yeah you're right i have face kershaw <laughs> i play the big league oh. <laughs> so um he's like weird to hit off of because he does that weird leg kick thing where he comes down and then goes forward so i thought i thought timing him up now granted if you see him a bunch it's easier certainly you get used to it but he's weird to time. So, um, you know, if you just get screwed up and you're timing a little bit, especially in a situation where you're, you know, trying to hit a ball deep, like I, I would make the argument that he probably wasn't looking fastball there. And then got pretty, one. pretty safe bet. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people were trying to say he did it on purpose. And well, that, that was definitely the implication. Yeah, and, uh, Kershaw was screaming at him. It's still interference. It was an absurdly, it was an absurdly deep check swing. Yeah, he got completely, completely, completely beat, and basically just threw his bat at the catcher's mitt. Yeah. Well, he won anyway, so I don't think you get mad. I mean, I guess you can get mad at the other player. So, so this is a strike three. It would have been strike three. So Kershaw had to go back out, throw an extra seven or eight pitches. Like that's that could be a big deal. That that could be another extra another inning pitched for him. But you know what? It wasn't. They still threw. A, they still pitched a shutout that night, right? Uh, that was the night that Mookie made the catch. So was it shutout? It was two nothing. Um, yeah, I I just I I don't know how you fix the call because if the catcher reaches out to the point, then that's obviously catcher's interference. But if the catcher's within their whatever catcher's box, whatever proper depth is like does that become reviewable now is the catcher in the box is the catcher too far forward That's i think it. we should just have robots call the entire game better yet have them play the game no humans you don't have to pay them hundreds of millions of dollars so yeah, full robot they just cost 100 million to make That's it. just go robots you just play it on paper yeah. let the let the talking heads at espn decide who wins exactly. the game. and then there would never be an upset Perfect. They couldn't Great. complain about how, how the games are going too long, which brings us to our next topic. See that segue? That was nice. CC Zabathia, did you happen to watch a clip? I did not. Was it linked in our uh, in our previous false. show? Okay. A- absolutely false. Definitely linked in the, in the pre the, the show notes. Uh, I didn't CC... know you did an audio. I didn't know it was an audio or video clip. Now I could see you're on the Google Doc clicking on the link. So uh, we're in there now. Relax. Do you yeah. want us to pause to give you an no, opportunity? I don't want to watch it. I don't care. All right. So Sabathia is basically like ranting about 
how the game is changing so much. Like, screw it. Let's go to seven innings. Like, yeah, I agree with him. If that's a rant that it's changing so much, might as well make a new sport. The implications of a seven versus a nine are pretty massive. His arguments were one of his biggest arguments was about time. It'd be a two hour game. Uh, he said, if you went to Yankee stadium for like a day game, like you're basically there for the night. They, that's the only thing you're doing that day. If you had a seven in a game, you're out of there at like three 30, four o'clock. You could still go to dinner. Um, and then his other big argument was about starting pitching, becoming a bigger influence in the game where, you know, two times through the order will get you into the fifth or the sixth, as opposed to now that's, you know, half the game versus a seven in a game where basically the middle, middle relievers are going to get cut out. It's starters, setup guys. Um, I think it would be very, it's a very interesting thing. I got, I got some heated text messages last week about our uh, extra innings segment. People were mad. I don't even remember what we said. So I'm glad we said we liked it. We said that the, the, the throw the runner on second base, it's like the purity of the game is gone. So I, I, Roll Listen, with it. From an entertainment standpoint, put the runner on second. Game will get over quicker. Did you see it? The games are ending in one or two innings because, like, somebody's going to score, right? I was actually shocked when the Dodgers and, and Padres had to play three innings of extras because, I mean, it, it was – I was like, wow, how's nobody scored yet? You know, it, w- w- again, what are the percentages of a run scoring on a leadoff double? Look at that and go, all right, so you're going to score one out of every four halves of an inning, probably one out of every three. So it's going to go quicker. Um, you know, it, it's not baseball at some point. Like at some point it's like I wash ball or so the, the people that were mad. Yeah, like I'm not condoning. And I think I guess that's the point you're trying to make with Sabathia. You're changing it so much, like invent baseball part two, like or – what can we call it? It's coming with a good banana name. ball. Did you see the whole banana ball thing? Yeah, I got asked to manage uh, to manage the uh, whoever the other team is. Who are the party animals? Is that who they play against? Yep. I couldn't have done the custom shirts. I would have had to do too many bicep curls to get ready. Well, the the banana ball thing is actually looks pretty fun, and it's just not baseball. I'm yeah. like, glad he called it banana ball. That's the point, Major League Baseball. If you think about think about this, right? And I I don't know if I've said this on another show. For like a hundred years, right? Baseball stayed pretty much the same. Very few rule changes. Uh, maybe roster size, the DH, length of season, right? Very conspicuous, and and there were very fewer rule changes proposed on a year-to-year basis. <clears throat> like so, you were probably like, oh, we're gonna do the DH after, you know, ten years. Somebody else goes, oh, let's, you know put in rosin bags or I don't, I don't even know the order of operations. I'm sure rosin bags came before the DH, but in the last 20 years, in the last 20 years or like last 10, anyway, I've heard 57,000 proposed rule changes because they just want to make more money. Like they, and they think. You think it's more money though? Like they think they're going to make more money because they're going to attract the younger audience. They think they're going to attract more people if they shorten the game and make it more entertaining. Because the attention span of a 2021-er, I'm not, I'm not going to use the term millennials, Gen Zs, Gen Xs, or whatever. The attention span of people now is like, you know, butterfly. I, like, I don't even know what that means. I was going to go with uh, shutter speed. That's what I was looking for. I went with butterfly instead. Nobody, nobody wants, like, people can't sit down and watch a game and be patient because the rest of their life is in warp speed. So baseball no longer 
has enough cachet if it's just like your run-of-the-mill Tuesday eight to four game where the pitcher looks like he's taking a nap between pitches, right? If it's game 63, you know, and I'm just going to use some ridiculous pitcher like Jose Quintana, right? He's good, but he's like, nobody knows who he is if you don't watch baseball. Um, against, I don't know, Joe Musgrove, is he good? Is Joe Musgrove good? Two no-hitter recently. Yeah, so he's good. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> Glad we're doing a show as supposed experts in the game. Nah, I knew That's somebody great. from the Padres threw a no-hitter. I didn't know it was Musgrove. You know what's it's awesome? Like is a hometown played, kid. He played left field. Did you see my tweet to you with uh, a pitching ninja? About the, getting the guy sinker? Yeah, I want Jake Cronenworth break breakdown because he looked nasty. He struck Mookie out, and Mookie came back in. And he was like, "Dude, that was nasty." Um, but anyway, the the game there's been just so much change proposed that I, it's getting too far away. So I hate seven inning games. I hate them in college. I hate them in minor league baseball. They're just they're different. They're the, the dynamic of them is different. But, so the the attention span thing for me. Do you think? The solution to that is changing the game or just actually teaching the game? Because I think if you teach the game better, you got a chance. I just think we need to be a little bit more. It, the, the game is the game is shifting too much toward what they think people want or what the new they think what the new generation wants versus it's the same game. Like it's the same game. Just, play the game and then because obviously it's driven by by dollars and cents so um all of it all of it <clears throat> is about money there's no ifs ands or buts about it it's all about money at the end of the day it's all about market share and i mean they have everything in the world going for them already the antitrust stuff uh, all of it which so, is being brought up recently yeah um i think we need to we might need to jump into post show right now to talk about this market share thing yeah i Go ahead. I like it. So, Champions League soccer, did you see my this? My favorite topic we're, we've ever talked about on the show, by the way. This is my favorite. Good job, producer Patrick. I he's gonna, he, For the first time in history, Patrick won't be mad at me because I said good job instead of thinking I was going to sell him out. So, this is good. I'm happy about this. You're either frozen or I'm broken. That's a tough time for the internet to cut out. You're actually dishing out compliments and we didn't hear any of it i just said for the first time in the history of everything i'm super i'm super excited to talk about this number one i, I added this topic whatever. patrick patrick didn't i had to explain it to him on the, on the drive oh, all right but i'm excited that producer patrick put it there so i'm complimenting him it was in the Pelotero rundown not giving you any credit bobby patrick's getting all the credit because last time i said something patrick thought i was talking about him he was mad at me for like a week so, <laughs> all right. So we were just talking about this whole sevening things. The game is changing. So in the in the Champions League soccer, what's happening is what what I ref, it, it's the same exact thing that happens with with youth baseball. And
back to real time? Is it working? Can you hear me, Chris? Yes, now I can. Okay. So I'll start that all I'll start all that over again. So what we've got going on in the Champions League is effectively the the dad whose kid didn't make the AU team. Or no, I should say that's not true. The best player, his dad says, I'm better than everybody else. Let's make a elite league that's better than everybody else. We're gonna cut out all the bad players. We're better than everybody else. There's so much drama going on because now they're going to – the World Cup is now saying if any player goes to this new Super League, they're not going to be allowed to play in the World Cup, which is the most prestigious soccer event, football event. Uh, it's just – it's funny to me. It's like when AAU baseball in, in New England, they started making divisions. When we had uh, AB Athletic Development, we had a ton of kids try out for teams, so we tried to make two teams at each, each level, and we called one Team A – and their team B, and then parents freaked out that they're on the B team because they thought it was the worst team. It was like, no, it's just a different name. And they're like, oh, it's the worst team. There's like a zero win situation. Um, but the AAU started making the super division. At the highest level. I feel like the internet's not good again there, but did you get all that? Uh, it was two-thirds of it. What are your thoughts on this whole Champions League thing? I'm going reflect- to come in hot here. I'm coming in hot. This is my favorite thing ever. Because I all, like relegation. I think it's awesome. All I'm going to say is it's about damn time. Are you allowed to say damn on our show? We'll, we'll find out. All right. It's about time. First of all, The Super League has been necessary in Europe for a billion years. Literally, the the difference between European socialist, nationalized, socialist mindset sports, and this is everything we've talked about. You and I have talked about this a ton. Relegation is good because it incentivizes teams to win. The problem is for years and years and years, number one, FIFA and UEFA are two of the most corrupt organizations on the planet. And they're the ones complaining now that these teams decided to go and do their own super league. If we look into the teams that are doing it out of in Italy, Inter Milan and Juventus, who are like the three ultimate teams in the history of Italian soccer, most followed, most sought after, most well-respected the teams from the other leagues. You're looking at like Arsenal who, is obviously one of the best teams in, in the world. Uh, Barcelona and Real, who are the two best team, teams in La Liga um, in Spain. And then you've got like Man U, Tottenham, <clears throat> Tottenham, and uh, Chelsea. Like these teams are literally like the teams in the history of the sport, like globally, right? So why not present an opportunity for your, for your athletes to play against the best competition because let me tell you something when Juventus plays like Reggio Emilia in in the Italian league on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is like that game's not fun to watch so like it's the equivalent of that would be the equivalent of I don't know the Yankees playing against you know Clemson like it's just not it's not feasible so like you're now you're, you're putting you're putting teams in uncomfortable situations instead of like, this would be like a full-time champions league. 
the issue and the reason why I'm mad at the at UEFA, FIFA, all the people from the the, the clubs and, and, and the, the national leagues, they're all mad that they're going to lose out money to this super league. That's why they're, they're putting the kibosh on it. Like, so to equate it and say, Oh, this is like, you know, I didn't make the elite team. So I want to go make my own elite team. No, they're just trying to put themselves in a position to make more money. Like by creating a more competitive season, regular season, full-time year round thing, champions league, is obviously based on like what happened the year before where you finished in the standings. So it's a way of doing that, but like, you know, the teams that are the most high profile don't necessarily always get in because like maybe they had a bad year or whatever. So this gives an opportunity to watch, you know, Ronaldo against Man U against uh, all the time. Like just cause you're playing in La Liga, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go play against the best teams in, you know, around the world. Uh, that's my take. Like, I think it's the greatest thing ever. I think it's about time that these teams start thinking in a capitalist way. By the way, all these teams are losing money. Arsenal, Arsenal, who's one of the, from when I was a kid growing up in Europe, like they're in financial trouble. Like they are in financial trouble. They need this badly. Like the reason why Europe is so against it is because they're just so used to what their normal is, but sports, need to be capitalist business entities in Europe before like, dude, it's so crazy. Like they, like the owners that own the teams, they don't own anything. They don't own the stadiums. They don't like, they only own the players, the players player card. It's crazy. It's cra I'm telling you, somebody's telling me they're going to go buy a team in Italy. I'm like, what are you buying? The Cartelinos and that's it. Like, so you don't own anything. Like you don't even, barely even own your own merchandise. Let's go. I love it. I'm so who, who owns all the, who owns the stadium? Who owns the merchandise and who owns all that? Towns, the comunes in Italy. Where's like, that? You own your own merchandise. Like the town, the uh, comune is like, uh, just it's, it's a town or city or municipality or whatever you want to call it. The yeah. merchandise, you do your own merchandise, but it's, it's very, it's very who, foreign. So who gets ticket sales? Um, it's a good question. Is it like a split? It's probably a split. Sure. Yeah. But you don't you don't do your own like concessions unless like any any it's weird, man. I'm telling you, it's just a very strange and, and that's why that's why this is happening. Cause these teams that are elite, elite soccer teams, the history of the world decided to be to do a capitalist venture. All sports in Europe need this because they're all dying. They're all dying. Like they've lived off these sponsorship models for, for years and years and years, and they've never generated their own revenue. They've never been for profit. And because of that, ultimately you compromise the integrity of the game because now you can't get the best players. You can't pay them the most. Like our sports system works here, guys. It works. If there's, if nothing else, like from a capitalist standpoint, from a, from a business economic standpoint, sports work here. They do not in Europe. They need this man. You're obviously way more versed in this than I am, having grown up there and understanding the dynamics. Uh, I did read that. What do you got on the teams in Germany? Because the Germanys do it's like a fifty percent plus one. So the teams in Germany are fifty percent owned by the fans plus one, so they have a majority, and none of those teams are voting to go in. Is that just basically you're going socialist play on that one? The 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 issue that Germany is having with it is is a very very simple one to solve. You can let your teams, you can let Bayern Munich get in the league 
And if you don't like it, don't watch the games, guys. Like, it's very, very simple. Like, economy, like, the economy of all of this is very simple. Like, people, this is the same argument. If you want to complain about how much money Francisco Lindor makes, very easy answer to that. Don't turn the TV on when he's playing. Don't watch. Don't like, buy his jersey. Don't buy tickets. It's, it's, it's the paradigm is, is bewildering to me that, like, people want to get upset at the fact that the thing that entertains them, that draws attention to, like, that's drawn to, I mean, you give, if I get 50 million viewers at something, like, yeah, I should, I deserve to get paid a lot of money for that. Because that's the whole point. That's the point of what the world is. And like capitalism and economy and supply and demand, it's very, very straightforward. And I don't understand when people don't see it. It's, it blows me away. Like, oh, you don't like it in Germany? Just don't watch. It's very simple. Oh, it's fans. And like, I listened to the reporter, um, the guy, I don't know if you heard the interview, but um, God, I can't remember his name. Played for Manchester United for a lot of years. He's now a reporter with Sky Sports doing the menu games. And he said, this is, he said, this is atrocious. This is terrible. Nobody cares about the fans. We have to have an independent regulatory body come in and, and, and do this. And that's right after he said, soccer afforded me the opportunity to make a lot of money. It afforded me the opportunity to make, to, to invest in a lot of different new soccer teams and have a post playing career on TV. So you're literally saying, thank you, soccer, for allowing you to make money. But now when the owners are going to go try to make money to pay their players, like you got a problem with it? Like, come on, dude, clean it up. Sounds interesting. I might have to pay more attention to it, but I probably won't. Yeah, they should uh, do this for all sports. And by the way, think about this. We're talking about national, like Germany is a country, right? Like Italy's a country, mm -hmm. Spain's a country. I know we don't need a geography lesson. The United States is a country, but all our states are the, like, I would say our states are more the, the, the equivalent of like a, a country in Europe, right? So the continent of Europe, why not have a full European league that is a, 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 a continental league that, that just makes entirely too much sense because now you raise the level of play all around, peak people's interest, and that's what the Champions League does in soccer. The problem is it's, it, it's very scattered. Why not have all the best teams playing all the time? Because now you're going to get the best players playing all the time. Is, it, is this the equivalent of just like creating Major League Baseball in Europe? Yes. But, all right, just a quick note. you got to stop like moving your computer around. I know. I'm too excited. I, 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 I keep hitting the bottom of the I'm, – I'm actually – right now I'm holding – I don't know if you can see my hand going over. I'm holding my screen in case I need it again. Okay. Maybe the wiggle is excitement. Maybe that's what should be in a I think I think there's some good content in there that Patrick will be able to use. Uh, next topic. Young players are playing very well. Blowing Bo and Vlad with the Blue Jays. Acuna is just a monster. Is this is this one of the best crops of young players in like recent history? Like when, when was the last time there were this many good young players? We got Soto, some ballers. Young players were never all allowed to get to the big leagues at the same time. True. So, I mean, I'm, there were a lot of really talented guys, but the, the dynamic's different. You just push – when you have a bunch of 20-somethings, then a bunch of 20-somethings are going to be good, right? Like, the, it, yes, they're very good. I think Ronald Acuna is an absolute stallion. I think Juan Soto might be the best player on the planet. Um, 
or the best hitter on the planet. Sorry. Mookie Betts, the best player on the planet. Um, is, are we still considering Trout to be young? He's not young anymore, is he? He's like 12. Yeah, he's still young. 29? If you're not 30, I think you're still young. But then you got like Soto, who's 11. He's literally 20 years old, I think. 21, 22. He's young. Um, but he's been in the league for like three or four years. Very successfully in the league. Um, there's some guy, I think, on the Brewers who was 17 in spring training, just in a big league game in spring training. That's wild. You guys being in the big leagues at 17? I, against major league I didn't even get my license till I was 17, so no. Yeah, but he probably he made a have a driver's game. license. Learning how to drive a car versus facing some guy like the, the Indians closer with those 102 mile an hour cutters. Like, that's too very, I think that's harder no, no, than no, driving. No, I'm out. I, I, so I sent this text. I, I need to hear your opinion on this because it's kind of in line. So think about this if you're 18, you can vote for the leader of the free world. You can operate heavy machinery, meaning like you can drive either a motorcycle or a car as long as you get your license. But in college baseball, they won't let you call a pitch by yourself without a wristband on, like telling, like with numbers on it. Can you think, like, is that is that weird to you at all? So I don't like when the players have the, the bands on their belt. I don't like that. I don't like when pitchers are wearing the wristband. I think that looks really bad. But I understand why they do it. It's basically like un, unstealable signs. That's basically like, it's just the, the signs are unstealable when you do that. So Dude. I get why they do it. I just think it looks terrible. Pitchers don't they, wear... don't that, in the ACC, don't they wear earpieces to call signs? Yes. Yeah, so Pitchers? that's crazy to me. I, I think, no, no, no. Wait a minute. They're allowed to wear them, but then when they get to the tournament, they're not. So some teams are like, oh, why we can't use it during the regular season because it won't be the same at the end of the year. Well, you might not be playing at the end of the year if you don't get there sooner. I have no problem with the catcher wearing an earpiece. I have no problem with anything except wearing Tom Brady's playbook on your wrist while you're pitching is weird. Like period. There used to be a rule that pitchers couldn't wear wristbands because like they were a distraction to hitter. Now we're letting them carry a, you know, a seven page playbook out there. Like, what are we doing, dude? Like you can tell the hitter what's coming. Just tell them what's coming. It doesn't matter. You couldn't use a two color glove. Now you got a full wristband with, a book of algebra two on your wrist. Tell them what's coming. It doesn't matter. Gosh, I hate everybody. I'm over it. I'm over fair. it. You can't watch it anymore. All fair. Um, we got Alex Vertigo become a key piece of the Red Sox lineup. Did you just call him Vertigo? Yeah, Verdugo. I like that. That was good. If you did that on purpose, that was funny. No, that was that was just Vertigo. Verdugo uh, had a really cool clip on social media talking to players. He was in the dugout, just giving his, his whole vibe on how he hits. Did you, did you get to see that clip? That was the one that wasn't linked. Correct. Maybe one of them wasn't linked. Yep. See, I'm, I wasn't lying. I actually looked at the, the notes. It was a cool clip. It was, he, was, he was walking through his approach. Um, the general consensus on Twitter was like, how cool is it for a major league player to give up that kind of time? in a stadium, like, I, I feel like so many players are, they keep that type nice of stuff. the best. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to disclose their approach. It's like their secret, their, their, their secret sauce. So they don't want to give it away. 
Uh, but it was a really cool clip. He came off as like really genuine. Um, I would really like to see it. I could see it. That would be great. Um, Let's go on the Twitter machine and look up. So, um, no, I think that's, I think it's awesome. And I've, I've heard nothing but good things about him as a, as a kid, as a person. Um, And he can obviously hit a little bit, um, which is good too. And I think he used the big part of the field. He's got pretty good actions. He's very slow, methodical, under control. Um, So on and so forth. Um, To that point, I think it's awesome that he, he is speaking about it. I was talking to somebody yesterday um, about this same type of stuff. Like why do people feel so compelled to keep their, you know, their information to themselves and not share it with the world, share it with the game, share it amongst, I don't know, other hitters. Uh, because maybe it could help us get back to a place where, you know, people would recognize talking about hitting is so important and, and, and really learning about the, the nuances and the, the little things that, that are going to ultimately allow hitters to be the best version of themselves and really deal with all kinds of different situations that get thrown at them on, on different, uh, different occasions. Yeah. Going back, like, so I'll circle back right now to growing the game. I think this is how you grow the game. The, the impact a major league player can have by doing something like this, the kid, whoever he's talking to is going to be an Alex Verdugo fan for life. Um, I know players that I have a connection to, I will definitely like be more inclined to watch those players. If you have an interaction with a fan on Twitter, that's positive, that kid, you're going to want to watch that player. It's the players need to, to drive that growth and organizations need to support it. I don't like there's, there's a huge disconnect between the players and the ownership, I think right now. And I think the collective bargaining agreement could be very interesting. Um, but I, like this goes back to what Trevor Bauer does, where he's doing such a good job with marketing and connecting with fans. And you may or may not like him, but he's doing a great job at presenting himself to the world. And not a lot of players are doing it. Well, I, I think – Self-promotion is like a a really difficult thing for some people. I think it's becoming significantly easier. You think what Verdugo was doing was self-promotion? No, 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 no. I'm I'm referencing Bauer. Um, I I think the the Verdugo clip in question was him walking through the the tunnel we're talking about, right? He's like just in the dugout, just kind of chatting with a fan. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I, I think that stuff is very organic just meant to happen right um the games the game just technology's brought us to a weird place right like a, a place where i think nobody probably could have ever predicted and the, the abilities that we have to to share and consume information that we get from you know wherever we get um so you have to be really careful of like how you pick your sources i guess of, of what you're of what you're trying to see um but i certainly think there's now this there's like a little bit of fear for most players of 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 getting out there and, and getting put out there because you're gonna face some sort of backlash in some capacity like there, there's you know the worst part about being popular or famous is that 
somebody hates you no matter what. Like somebody's going to talk smack. Somebody's going to going to bury you. And it, it you could be saying like you're feeding, you know, a bunch of orphan children and somebody will find a way to spin it to make it bad. So um, you have to have thick skin to be able to start doing stuff like this for yourself and, and putting it out there. Um, the league itself, I think, has always shied away from promoting their players other than the, the really, really, really high end guys. Um, because they've tried to manage salaries. I don't, and I don't know that I know the perfect formula, but I think, you know, any time, any type of discussions, like the game needs the discussion piece. You said it. I mean, it, people need to start talking about it. Um, and I don't know what that looks like though. I don't have an opinion there. Yeah. I just think the more players can connect with fans directly and the opportunity to do that is greater than ever. So it's a balance. Uh, Posho, last question of the day. How much money would you need to box Jake Paul? Whatever. Would you, would you get in the ring with him for 500 grand to fake getting hit in the head and get a payday? Yeah, I mean, we're, I we're pretty sure that he – that was, like, all set up, right? The guy was, like, laughing after the match, like, celebrating with family. So, yeah, it seems like, seems like it was a uh, Jose Canseco situation. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I heard it was, uh, I heard it was like a spectacle. I was actually, I was thinking about how ridiculous the fact that we have some kid who him and his brother have earned or gained, I can't even say earned, gained a, a following socially through. I'm going to say earned because tell you what, there's a lot of people on YouTube that don't have the following. That they no, have. no, I know, I know. But uh, that, so I, and the reason I don't like the word earned is because it's so much more acceptable to do something that's not necessarily like PC or approved or like if we did some of the stuff growing up that Jake and Logan Paul do when like when they were 18, like you were either catching a backhand or, you know, getting punished, suspended from school, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Right. And so <clears throat> Some of the things they're doing are not quite setting the best example. Like we were taught to set an example for people and, um, you know, be good, upstanding humans. Like when, when Logan Paul and Jake Paul egg a house or toilet paper a house or whatever it is, it's just some example, right? Like it's a little ridiculous. So like, that's why I don't say earn the following. Um, now that being said, to your point, kudos to them for garnering attention, doing what they want to do and, and, making money because of it. Uh, but I just, I have a problem with the fact that he's like at best, uh, like, a, I don't know, like over mediocre, just above par boxer. Is that fair? Like, I have no idea. Exactly. But like guys like Canelo Alvarez, guys like, uh, uh, you know, triple G, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather, they worked their whole lives to be the best boxers in the world, the best boxers on the planet, and made, you know, scratch and clawed to make a lot of money doing it. Now this guy's making however much money he's making for his pay-per-views, where, like, Justin Bieber and Snoop Dogg are hanging out on a stage above the ring. and It's a spectacle. Like, this is what it is. And, like, let's yep. not mistake it for – let's not mistake it for – actual sport or competition so but is is that what major league baseball is up against when we say oh, when we correct. say ding, ding, ding. Have a low attention span and all that 
hundred percent. Yeah. That's that there's no doubt about it. So the, the, the whole thing comes full circle, but that's, that's why at some point you have to, you have to decipher between entertainment and sport. And I think they can be one and the same. Um, certainly like the world series tends to get entertaining. Dodgers Padres got really entertaining. Uh, but I think you have to remember and distinguish between both and why they are what they are. Um, yeah. So the, as much as anything, I think it's proof for building an audience. So Jake Paul's got a massive audience. If he's doing something, there's a lot of people that are paying attention. So like what you were saying earlier about, you know, you got X, you know, 50 million people watching you. You deserve to make a lot of money. Guess what? Jake Paul's got millions of eyeballs on him. What does it take to build an audience? Do you think, do you think you have to be different? That Is kind that of audience? Yeah. I mean, what, like, do you so just I think, have to be different? I think a big, a big part of what they did was they were early. And they were like, I, my understanding is of YouTube is once you get to like a hundred thousand followers, it just snowballs. Like it really will take off from there. Um, but they have to do things that are entertaining and engaging and pushing boundaries. And I, yeah, I, think I feel like, but I feel like pushing, bo- pushing boundaries nowadays, doing like pushing boundaries nowadays is doing all the things that we grow up. We grew up being told not to do. Like you have to be like a little bit of a rebel and, so I don't know. there's a, there's a guy on YouTube, but he's one of the highest earners on YouTube. His account is Mr. Beast and him and his friends. I think I read an article about this. They like dropped out of school and they just figured out how to make viral videos. They just figured it out and they just make viral videos all the time. And he makes like $3 million a month on YouTube. Are the videos good? Like what are they? They're like, it's all about the, the, the featured image. It's all about the type of content that it is, the headline, I mean, this is just like modern day marketing. It's, 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 how do you get people, how, to, how do you get somebody's attention on the internet? Yeah. How do you, how do you, but yeah, it's, it. it's, they do a bunch of challenges where it's like, oh, we're going to give away a million dollars to whoever does this last. And they just feed the beast. They just keep churning out videos. Beast. That's nice. Well played. I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah. You did it though. But that's, uh, the difference is anybody with an iPhone can produce videos and, tap into an audience like how many views i don't i don't know how the point system works where it's like oh this the, the this the world series had this many points or whatever for the viewership um like these guys are putting up significant numbers on youtube like how many millions of views did the friend like friends episodes get are they that are they churning out that much viewership i don't know the, i don't know the answer to that but it's pretty wild to think about and then you like compare that to a tuesday night baseball game you're, you're competing against Mr. Beast and Jake Paul. It's, it, but it's just much easier to consume stuff now. I mean, you can consume it on your own time. Like, that's the difference. Like, you had to watch regularly scheduled programming. Like, dude, I'm talking about the difference between, hey, it's 7 o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, you have to watch at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday as opposed to, no, 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 you have all week. And, oh, by the way, you have one day of the week. You can watch this whole series if you really want. Like, how many people are binge watching shows? Like, dude, people can't wait a week to watch a show. Literally, I, 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 true story. Like the challenge on MTV, the challenge did a, uh, they're doing a thing on Paramount Plus. And I was upset when they didn't put the whole series out at once. They're doing it like a regularly scheduled TV show. So I was pissed. I told my wife, I was like, why, what, the, what is this? I have to wait till next week. This is stupid. Can't binge watch the whole series. Idiots. It's crazy. It's crazy. But even something like, uh, like YouTube has become a massive, like, I, I, at one point I thought I read that YouTube was a bigger search engine than Google. Cause people like, Oh, how do I fix my sink? 
they'll just go on YouTube and look it up. Yeah. 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 It's wild. So how much would it take for me to fight Jake Paul? Not that much. Wouldn't take much. I'd fight him for money. Just just fall down and just put not that yeah. much into your contract. Yeah. No, I mean, like, is it real? Is like, do I get to work out? Do I have to take it seriously? Do I only get money if I win? Those are. I mean, Askren definitely didn't work out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but he's been a fighter in the past. Yeah, but he, dude, he looked like a wet newspaper in the ring, from what I saw. Like this guy used to be in shape. Didn't he just take one punch and just the fight's over? It's like an overhand right in the first Uh, round. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I saw the the clip of the knockout, but I didn't see the uh, the progression up leading up to that moment. I think that was like the beginning of the fight. It was like very, very quick. Yeah. I just saw, I saw a ringside clip where the punch looked like it hit him pretty good. The only thing that makes me think it was real was like when he got punched, like his feet like came together. He like, <laughs> like stood up in the dead fish. Like <laughs> this guy's gotten punched in the face. But like I saw, I saw a video from the MMA fight yeah. where he's just getting like, just hammer fisted on the ground. I mean, he's gotten punched in the face a lot. Got knees to the face. Yeah, he just got like ate a lot of punches. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps up this week's episode. Good job, Texas Technology. Really crushed this Texasology? No, technology. All right. That is episode 36. Woo! Pickle out. That's your line. Your line. Your line. Pickle out!